0: Greetings this morning in the precious name of the Lord Jesus. I ask you to turn to 2 Chronicles this morning, take a look at something that God has laid on my heart. I've titled the message this morning, uh, Hezekiah. And and I love Hezekiah a lot because of how brave he was. And and, in looking at Hezekiah, I know through the Sunday school portion, we kind of came through the, uh, the difficulty that he faced. And I don't want to look at that primarily this morning. I kind of like to look at what preceded that and draw from that a lot of instruction, a lot of um, encouragement for today, for now. I'd like to read uh, a couple portions. Uh, the first one's going to be 2 Chronicles 29. And I'm going to read the first 10 verses, then I'd like to read 15 to 21, and then 24 to 31. Second Chronicles 29, 1 through 10. Hezekiah began to reign when he was 5 and 20 years old, and he reigned 9 and 20 years in Jerusalem, and his mother's name was Abijah, the daughter of Zechariah, and he did that which was right in the sight of the Lord according to all that David his father had done. He in the first year of his reign and the first month opened the doors of the house of the Lord and repaired them. And he brought in the priests and the Levites and gathered them together into the east street. And he said unto them, hear me, ye Levites, sanctify now yourselves and sanctify the house of the Lord, your fathers, and carry forth the filthiness out of this holy place. For our fathers have trespassed and done that which is evil in the eyes of the Lord, our God, and have forsaken him, and have turned away their faces from the habitation of the Lord and turned their backs. Also they have shut up the doors of the porch and put out the lamps, have not burned incense nor offered burnt offerings in the holy place unto the Lord, unto the God of Israel. Wherefore the wrath of the Lord was upon Judah and Jerusalem, and he hath delivered them to trouble, to astonishment and to hissing, as ye see with your eyes. For lo, our fathers have fallen by the sword. Our sons and our daughters, our wives, are in captivity for this. Now it is in mine heart to make a covenant with the Lord God of Israel that his fierce wrath may turn from us. All right, 15, verses 15 to 21. And they gathered their brethren and sanctified themselves and came according to the commandment of the king by the words of the Lord to cleanse the house of the Lord. And the priests went into the inner part of the house of the Lord to cleanse it and brought out all the uncleanness that they found in the temple of the Lord into the court of the house of the Lord and the Levites took it to carry it out abroad into the brook Kidron. Now they began at the first day of the month, first day of the first month to sanctify, and on the eighth day of the month came they to the porch of the Lord. So they sanctified the house of the Lord in eight days, and the sixteenth day of the first month they made an end. Then then they went into Hezekiah the king and said, We have cleansed all the house of the Lord, and the altar of burnt offering with all the vessels thereof, and the showbread table with all the vessels thereof. Moreover, all the vessels which the king Ahaz in his reign did cast away in his transgression have we prepared and sanctified, and behold, they are before the altar of the Lord. Then Hezekiah the king rose early and gathered the rulers of the city and went up to the house of the Lord. And they brought seven bullocks, seven rams, and seven lambs, and seven he goats for his sin offering for the kingdom and for the sanctuary and for Judah. And he commanded the priests, the sons of Aaron, to offer them on the altar of the Lord." All right, verse 24 to 31. And the priests killed them, and they made reconciliation with their blood upon the altar to make an atonement for all Israel. For the king commanded that the burnt offering and the sin offering should be made for all Israel. And he set the Levites in the house of the Lord with cymbals, with psalteries, with harps, according to the commandments of David and of Gad the king's seer and Nathan the prophet. For so was the commandment of the Lord by his prophets. And the Levites stood with the instruments of David and the priests with the trumpets. And Hezekiah commanded to offer the burnt offering upon the altar. And when the burnt offering began, the the song of the Lord began also with the trumpets and with the instruments ordained by David, king of Israel. And all the congregation worshipped and the singers sang and the trumpeters sounded and all this continued until the burnt offering was finished. And when they had made an end of offering, the king and all that were present with him bowed themselves and worshipped. Moreover, Hezekiah the king and the princes commanded the Levites to sing praise unto the Lord with the words of David and of Asaph the seer. And they sang praises with gladness, and they bowed their heads and worshipped. Then Hezekiah answered and said, Now ye have consecrated yourselves unto the Lord. Come near and bring sacrifices and thank offerings unto the house of the Lord. And the congregation brought in sacrifices and thank offerings as many as were of a free heart burnt offerings. I'd like to do some observations here. Hezekiah was young. It says he was 25 years old. Now most of us here this morning are older than that. A good bit, some of us. And I would submit to you that Age has no barrier when it comes to serving God. You don't have to be old to commit your life to Christ. There's no age barrier. That's the beauty of the gospel. It doesn't say you can't be a Christian until you hit 25 and understand it all. You can commit your heart young. In verse 2 there, there's a statement there that I love and it says this he did that which was right the third thing I'd like to look at is in verse 6 where he says where where, uh, yes there verse 6 it says uh, for our fathers have trespassed and done that which is evil in the eyes of the Lord our God and have forsaken him he recognized the poor state of affairs in the kingdom And then in verse 29-3, I'd like to say he knew what to do and how to do it. In verse 29-3, it says, He in the first year of his reign, in the first month, opened the doors of the house of the Lord and repaired them. I'd like for you this morning to kind of follow along in this journey that King Hezekiah took and the restoration of the temple and the similarities to our own Christian walk. There's some extremely valuable lessons given in this account. One of the first things that Hezekiah did is he opened up the doors. You know, in Matthew, it talks about Jesus Christ standing at the door and knocking, waiting for somebody to open it. One of the first things that Hezekiah did is he went to the temple and he opened the doors. There's no cleaning that can begin until you open the door. Our hearts need to be opened and repaired as well. There's a song that kind of gives us some understanding and it was kind of ringing through my mind as I was, as I was contemplating this. It goes something like this. The chorus, is there a place in your heart where even you don't go? Do you have some things hidden there? You don't want even no one to know. But you've pushed out God and he's standing there and he's handing you the keys with tears of love on his face. He wants to make you clean. Will you let him into your secret place? Maybe you've accepted Jesus, but there have been things that have crowded out the need for worship, and the doors to your worship center are closed. You're dead. May I implore you. Please open the door to your heart. Psalms 103.13 says, like as a father pitieth his children, so the Lord pitieth them that fear him. The word pitieth has an ETH on it, which means it's not once, but done by a continuing action. God isn't just pitieth, he doesn't just pity you once. He continues to do so. The word pitieth in the Hebrew word is rakam, and it's a little different than what we use as the word pitieth. It means to love deeply, to have compassion, and to have tender affection. That is God. That is my God. Is that your God? 29 verse 5. Hezekiah says unto them, hear me, ye Levites, sanctify now yourselves and sanctify the house of the Lord your fathers and carry forth the filthiness out of this place. One of the things of opening that door and recognizing the fact that there's things in there that need to come out. Once that has taken place, there's a sanctification that takes place. We must identify and acknowledge our sin so we can eradicate it out of our lives. Sin is anything that God says doesn't belong in our temple. Your worship is dead if there is sin there. And it really means little to God how much fuel you pour on your worship? Or how right you do it when you sin when you have sin lying in your temple? Sanctify your area. Remove the things that are offensive to God and be sanctified. Let's move on down to verse 24. Verse 24 says, and the priest killed them. It's speaking of the animals, the goats. And they made reconciliation with their blood upon the altar to make an atonement for all Israel. For the king commanded that the burnt offering and the sin offering should be made for all Israel. There is no reconciliation apart from the blood of Jesus Christ. None When we've acknowledged our sin And have accepted the forgiveness Jesus provides Through the blood Oh the blood The blood of the sinless one The blood that removes the sin And we are reconciled Reconciled to the Father Oh what precious thought Ephesians two thirteen says, "But now in Christ Jesus, who ye who were sometimes afar off are made nigh by the blood of Jesus." There is nothing more beautiful than to be close to the Savior that saved us. The song that was going through my mind on this one is a very familiar one. It goes like this: Years I spent in vanity and pride, caring not, my Lord was crucified. Knowing not it was for me, he died on Calvary. By God's word at last, my sin I learned. Then I trembled at the law I had spurned till my guilty soul imploring turned to Calvary. Now I've given to Jesus everything. Now I gladly own him as my king. Now my raptured soul can only sing of Calvary fourth verse oh that love that drew salvation's plan oh the love that brought it down to man oh the mighty gulf that God did span at Calvary chorus goes mercy there was great and grace was free pardon there was multiplied to me there my burdened soul found liberty at Calvary I suppose reading that it's it's probably gets you the urge to want to just sing that. Let's sing that last verse, the fourth standard. Oh that love oh the love that drew salvation's plan. Oh the love that drew salvation's plan. Oh 27 to 31 now. You'll see a progression here. For a soul that's reconciled. Verse 27 to 31. Hezekiah commanded to offer the burnt offering upon the altar. And when the burnt offering began, the song of the Lord began also with trumpets and with instruments ordained by David, king of Israel. And all the congregation worshiped. And the singers sang and the trumpeters sounded and all this continued until the burnt offering was finished. And when they had made an end of offering, the king and all they were present with them bowed themselves and worshipped. Moreover, Hezekiah, the king and the princes, commanded the Levites to sing praise unto the Lord with the words of David and Asaph the seer. And they sang praise with gladness and they bowed their heads and worshipped. There is no praise like the praise from an open Sanctified, reconciled, and free heart. I cannot imagine what that would have been like. It would have been absolutely great to be there and and witness it and experience it. For years they had quit. And all of a sudden, suddenly, this thing was brought to bear. And the people were of one heart. To clean. To open. To be reconciled. To be sanctified. Is your worship dead this morning? Possibly you're missing one of these steps. Maybe you've opened the door, but you haven't been reconciled. There's something that happens when a heart is free and experiences worship the way God intended. There's something that's very powerful, and it's found in chapter 30, verse 1 and 5. And Hezekiah sent to all Israel and Judah and wrote letters to Ephraim and Manasseh that they should come to the house of the Lord to keep the Passover unto the Lord God of Israel. Verse 5, So they established a decree to make the proclamation throughout all Israel from Beersheba even unto Dan that they should come and keep the Passover unto the Lord God of Israel at Jerusalem for they had not done it of a long time in such a sort as it was written. When everything's in place, evangelism takes place. When you get so fired up with God and God gets a hold of you, you can't keep it to yourself. May I suggest to you that if you're not evangelizing, there's something missing in the first part there. Because a heart that is transformed, a heart that has a free heart. I love that term there. It says those that had a free heart. It's not just a heart everybody's got one okay it's the free heart it's the one that is free from god it's 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 filled by god it's been redeemed it's been sanctified it's been reconciled and 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 the participant the the me when I experience that in its fullness i ain't going to keep this quiet. I want to tell everybody else about it and it, 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 and and if you look at 6-11, that's chapter 30. 6-11 kind of gives the life the results of evangelists to a degree. It really does. Because if you read that passage, in fact, let's read it. 6-11, to 11, so the posts went out with the letters from the king and his princes throughout all Israel and Judah, and according to the commandment of the king, saying, You children of Israel, turn again unto the Lord God of Abraham, Isaac, and Israel, and he will return to the remnant of you, that are escaped out of the hand of the kings of Assyria. And be not like your fathers and like your brethren, which trespassed against the Lord God of their fathers, who therefore gave them up to desolation as ye see. Now be ye not stiff-necked as your fathers were, but yield yourselves unto the Lord, and enter into the sanctuary, which He has sanctified forever to serve the Lord of God, that the fierceness of his wrath may be turned away from you. For if you turn again unto the Lord, your brethren and your children shall find compassion before them, that they lead them captive, so that they shall come again to this land, and the Lord your God is gracious and merciful and will not turn away his face from you if you return unto him. So the posts passed from city to city, even through the country of Ephraim, and Manasseh even unto Zebulun, but they laughed him to scorn and mocked them. Nevertheless, divers of Asher, Manasseh, and Zebulun humbled themselves and came to Jerusalem. And also in Judah, the hand of God was given them with one heart to do the commandment of the Lord and the princes by the word of the Lord. And there assembled at Jerusalem much people to keep the Feast of Unleavened Bread in the second month, a very great congregation. (laughs) Not everybody's going to come. And not everybody is going to think it's a great idea. That shouldn't affect an open, free, sanctified, reconciled, free heart. Because a heart like that cannot stop. Because the love of God moves him And I'm gonna say it's a force to be reckoned with. Not because of the person, but because God. God has ways of communicating far beyond what anything I'd say this morning. It would be nice if I could get up front here and, and give it in totality of what it really should be. I recognize I cannot do it. It is impossible. In fact, I look up to some people, it seems like they've, they, they've got it well put together. But I'm relying very heavily this morning on the fact that God takes what I have to say to communicate to you what you need to hear. And that's a beautiful thing. When the Spirit of the Lord is, is, is with us and gives us direction and we say what we can, but then God communicates, there is power. Tremendous power. When things are done the way God wants them done, then the power of God rests upon it. And oh, the joy and the power of the Lord. I'd like to read uh, chapters 30, verses 15 to 27. <clears throat> or from 15 to the end of the chapter. Then they killed the Passover on the fourteenth day of the second month and the priests and the Levites, Levites were ashamed and sanctified themselves and brought in the burnt offerings into the house of the Lord and they stood in their place after their manner according to the law of Moses the man of God the priests sprinkled the blood which they had received with the hand of the Levites. For there were many in the congregation that were not sanctified. Therefore the Levites had charge of the killing of the Passover for everyone that was not clean, to sanctify them unto the Lord. For the multitude of the people, even many of Ephraim and Manasseh and Issachar and Zebulun had not cleansed themselves, yet did they eat of the Passover otherwise than that it was written. But Hezekiah prayed for them, saying, the good Lord pardon everyone that prepareth his heart to seek God the Lord God of his fathers though he be not cleansed according to the purification of the sanctuary and the Lord hearkened unto Hezekiah and healed the people and the children of Israel that were present at Jerusalem kept the feast of the unleavened bread seven days with great gladness and the Levites and the priests praised Lord day by day, singing with loud instruments unto the Lord. And Hezekiah spake comfortably unto all the Levites that had taught the good knowledge of the Lord. And they did eat throughout the feast seven days, offering peace offerings, making confession to the Lord God of their fathers. And the whole assembly took counsel to keep other seven days, and they kept another seven days with gladness. For Hezekiah, king of Judah, did give to the congregation 1,000 bullocks, 7,000 sheep, and the princes gave to the congregation a 1,000 bullocks and 10,000 sheep and a great number of priests sanctified themselves. And all the congregation of Judah with the priests and the Levites and all the congregation that came out of Israel and the strangers that came out of the land of Israel and that dwelt in Judah rejoiced so that there was great joy in Jerusalem. For since the time of Solomon, the son of David, king of Israel, there was not the like in Jerusalem. Then the priests and the Levites arose and blessed the people, and their voice was heard, and their prayer came up to his holy dwelling place, even to heaven. Can there be anything more beautiful than to see what God can do for a cleansed heart? There's one more verse I like to read here. It's in chapter 31, verse 2. (laughs) <laughs> and Hezekiah appointed the courses of the priests And the Levites after their courses And every man according to his service The priests and the Levites for burnt offerings And for peace offerings to minister And to give thanks And to praise in the gates of the tents of the Lord So you wanted a thanksgiving message There's your thanksgiving When all this falls together There's a thanksgiving that can come from this heart of worship that goes back to the God that created us, that gave us a reason for thanksgiving. I am eternally grateful this morning that God saw fit to move my heart to open it. Oh, the love that drew salvation's plan. He didn't keep it in heaven. He brought it down to man. And there was a gulf that God did span. I would also remind you that shortly after this, all took place. There's trouble, and it's the trouble of Sennacherib. And you can look at Sennacherib and saying, "Why didn't they just leave him alone? Why didn't God just allow them to kind of enjoy this wonderful time of just worship and worship and some more worship?" I would submit to you this morning that Satan does not like any kind of worship to God. He hates it. He wants it for himself. And he's determined to get it. But, but if you look at what Hezekiah has done here, it is an extremely strong foundation for the trouble that he's going to face later. And I would submit to you this morning, I, I, I beg of you, you're going to have trouble because Satan hates your soul. If you follow these steps here, It will give you a strong foundation for the trouble that you will face. I cannot imagine going through life unreconciled, lacking a free heart, and then running into trouble. Often it's devastating. People lose their faith. There's a lot of carnage by the road. I took them out of the sermon this morning because I felt like it was going to get way too long. But there are some steps there if you want to read the passage of what Hezekiah did. The first thing is to acknowledge the problem. You can deny the problem all you want. Does that make it go away? How many, how many times does that work for you this morning? Raise your hand. I'm not raising mine. I'm sorry. I just, I can't. I think you all understand that. But acknowledging the problem is is first. The other thing that Hezekiah has seen was that the attack was not on him, but on God. And he says something really, really precious to me. They were totally outnumbered by an enemy that could have crushed them. In fact, he had crushed many. But he says one thing to the people. He says there's more with us and there be with them. Amen? There is more with us than there be of them. And there's hope in that. There's tremendous hope in that. But I dare say the hope is going to be soon gone if you have not experienced God's power in your life and you can rest on that. If you don't have that, you will have fear. And God takes us from one difficulty and adds to it. Did you ever notice Abraham's life? His first test was leave. You think that was hard? Yes. And it progressively got worse. It got to the point where he had to take his own son on top of that hill. And it didn't seem like Abraham had a very soft, warm heart. He didn't even hesitate to go. But I can assure you that Abraham probably had his battle. And it was a test. And you know what? I thank God that Abraham passed that test. Because God says something like this. He said, "Now I know you're not going to hold your only son. And it opened up the way for God to say, I'm not going to hold back my son either. But this time, he will die. And that is where our salvation comes from. Are you here this morning? And the Spirit has pointed to an area in your heart? Maybe the doors of your heart need opening. Or maybe they need repaired. Is your heart a free heart and a thankful heart? Satan hates this place, and will bring trouble when he can. I'd like to remind you of something that Moses said to the children of Israel in Exodus fourteen 13. They're standing at the brink of crossing the Red Sea, and if you're anything like me, I would have been looking behind me, not the river or the, the, the Red Sea. Because we tend to focus on the problem. But Moses says this, Fear ye not, stand still, and see the salvation of the Lord, which he will show to you today. Not next week, not a month from now. God can show us the way over and the way out today praise God God bless you